it's, um, it's a great honor to be here, and uh, we love Pete and Kim, we love the leadership team here, and we love this church. And the last time I was here, I think you just moved into this building. I wasn't here to speak, but I was here for some leaders' things. And the time before that, the building was still being built. So it's great to come here and see the building full. And uh, this is just the beginning, because you're going to need multiple services here before long, uh, all through the day. So I think you need to get ready for that. So anyway, it's... Uh, well, oh man, I'm getting whacked already. So I don't know how I'm going to preach, but we'll just go with it. So, well, um, the title of the message that I want to speak, if we get that far, is called Activating Your Spiritual Senses. And I, and I feel God's given me a word for you here. Uh, for an upgrade of what God wants to do with you. Uh, you're doing an amazing job already, but there's more. There's always more with God. And uh, if you have a, a smartphone or an iPad or a tablet or a nice phone or a smart TV or some kind of gadget at home, then the chances are that you're probably only using a very small percentage of what it can do. And, uh, you know... I'm probably only using 5% of what my smartphone can do. And the other 95%, I have to ask somebody else. And, uh, but, you know, it's available. It's just not tapped into. And I had a friend, and he had an iPad with the, uh, and an iMac, like a desktop. And uh, his iPad and his iMac stopped talking to each other. It's supposed to sync. And uh, he didn't know what had gone wrong. So he called in an expert an eight-year-old grandchild (laughs) who sorted it out in minutes and said, you have forgotten to upload or download updates. And uh, if you do, eventually it just stops talking to each other. And when I heard that, I thought, "That's, that's like us in our Christian life so often. We rely on what we know or what we've come into, but it's only a small percentage of what we're supposed to keep going, getting from the Holy Spirit. And so today, you may already be living in the 5% of activating your spiritual senses, but there's so much more that he wants to give you. There's at least another 95%. And actually, with God, it's infinity, so we just go on and on and on with more. So are you ready to, to get activated in more things of the Holy Spirit today? I don't believe in hype, but I do believe in telling stories and testimonies of what God's done. And I, I, I'm going to pepper these points with some stories because they, uh, they kind of um, enlarge our faith, they quicken us, and we kind of say, wow, that's kind of out there. But, you know, these things out there are supposed to be normal, not just out there. So we have a friend, and she was uh, in bed, having gone to sleep, and uh, she woke up and she found herself levitating off her bed. Now stay with me for a minute because I'm not preaching any heresy, I promise. And uh, she was levitating off her bed, and she was getting towards the ceiling of her bedroom. And she thought, I'm going to hit the ceiling. And she looked to her left, and there was an angel holding her hand. And as she got to the ceiling, the ceiling parted, and the roof parted, and she was traveling through the air. And she came to another house, and she came down through the roof and through the ceiling, and into somebody's bedroom. And she noticed a couple in bed, and she was stood at the foot of the bed, and the husband woke up and said, what are you doing here? And she said, um, 
how can he explain that kind of thing? He didn't see the angel, by the way. He only saw her. And, uh, and she said, I think I'm supposed to pray for your wife, which was her friend. And this friend had stage four cancer. So she prayed, and then kind of in reverse, the angel took her back up through the ceiling, through the roof, through the air, and back into her own bedroom, and dropped her about six foot off her bed. And she actually bounced off the bed. She didn't hurt herself, but she just kind of think, well, it would be help, helpful if you'd let me down a bit more gently. Anyway, maybe the angel was in a hurry to get somewhere else. But So he dropped her, she bounced off the bed, and her husband woke up and said, what are you doing? And she said, I don't really know. In the morning, she wakes up and uh, she said, wow, that was a strange dream. Then the telephone rang and it was her friend. And her friend said, my husband said you were in my bedroom last night. (laughs) And she thought, this is getting stranger. And she said, yes. And her friend said, and you prayed for me. And she said, yes. And she said, well, I feel completely different. I don't feel ill at all. And she subsequently went to her doctor and to her consultant. They couldn't find any cancer in her body at all. I love that story because I've never heard any other story like that. And you know what? God's got loads of other ideas and ways that he wants to get people healed and touched and activated, which are outside of our 5% thinking of how he has to do things. <laughs> I better make this legal. We'll look at a scripture because we might wander off the point. So have a look at with me to 2 Kings 6, 2 Kings 6, Old Testament. And uh, we're going to pick it up in verse 14. But while you're looking at that, I'll just give you a bit of background. So here's Elisha and uh, he, with his servant, and they are surrounded by an enemy. And the servant becomes fearful because he, he's overwhelmed and thinks, wow, we're doomed. And in the natural, they were, because this enemy far outnumbered them. But Elisha's in peace. Who was the young lady that bought the, the word about the hammock? Oops. <laughs> It's all right, I'm practicing. <laughs> yeah, what was your name? Emily. That was an amazing word, Emily. Because, you know, Elisha's just like in his hammock. He's relaxed. The servant's worried because he's fretting about what's going to happen. And we're picking up in verse 14. And uh, it said, he sent horses and chariots and a great army there. And they came by night and surrounded the city. That's the enemy. Verse 15. Now when the attendant of the man of God had risen early and gone out, behold, an army with horses and chariots was circling the city. And his servant said to him, Alas, my master, what shall we do? So he answered, Do not fear, for those who are with us are more than those who are with them. Then Elisha prayed and said, O Lord, I pray, open his eyes that he may see. And the Lord opened the servant's eyes and he saw. And behold, the mountains were full of horses and chariots of fire all around Elisha. See, what the enemy had done, God had far outdone. Because there was more heavenly hosts than natural army. And all Elisha's servant needed to do was to have his spiritual eyes open to see what God was really doing. 
And so many times we, we don't get our breakthrough because we don't see what God's doing. We just see with our natural eyes or our natural senses. And he's trying to activate us to, to see with spiritual eyes or hear with spiritual ears or sense with spiritual senses. Everything in the natural has a, 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 an equivalent in the supernatural. And he wants us to, to learn to walk in those ways. You know, our natural senses are amazing. I, I've been learning a little bit about them in recent weeks. So if you were to walk down the street in daylight, you know, you probably, your main sense is going to be sight. And you're going to see things and you're going to take things in with your, with your sight. But if you walk down the same road when it's dark at night, you're probably going to use your hearing more than your sight. Both are vital. But we need them at different times. It's the same in the spiritual. We need different spiritual senses for different situations that we face. Do you know that flavor in food is a mixture of taste and smell? That's incredible to me. There's a mixture of senses that we, we become aware of things. And so it is in the spiritual as well. And so he wants to activate us in these things so that we can be the 95% that we haven't yet experienced. Uh, I want to give you some examples of, of this. Um, there was a... Oh, where shall we go? <laughs> it's too many. There was a... Now, let me start at home, first of all. Many years ago, my wife here, Sue, why don't you stand up? This is Sue. She's going to be speaking tonight, so she's fun. So I'm just warning you. Um, but many years ago, Sue was a nurse... And uh, she was walking along her ward, cleaning, or not cleaning, but dealing with all the patients. And she was just singing in tongues. And one of the patients called her over and said, you're speaking my language. And this was an uh, an Urdu-speaking woman in the bed. And Sue said, oh, what am I saying? She said, you're praising your God. We have heavenly languages that sometimes other people could understand. I, I read one time of a dentist that was in Kenya and he was asked by his pastor to go to the church because uh, the, this visiting speaker from America couldn't get to the conference that he was supposed to. So he said, never mind, I've got, a, I've got someone from our church that's a dentist in, in your country. He'll come and just give a greeting. And when the dentist gets there, the pastor of the church thinks he's speaking. And he says, come on, uh, you know, this is your session. And the dentist is a bit freaked out because he's never spoken in his life. He's used to dealing with teeth, not speaking on a platform. And uh, he gets up and his knees are knocking like this because he's never spoken before. And and he says, well, I'll just bring a greeting. And he's so nervous, he closes his eyes and he begins to speak in tongues for two hours. (laughs) He doesn't dare open his eyes to see what's going on. And after two hours, he kind of opens one eye and... And the whole place is, is in bits. It's crying and it's joyful and there's people kneeling on the front. And the pastor says to him, I thought you couldn't speak our language. And he said, I can't. He said, well, you've just been talking about the miracles of God for the last two hours. And people are coming to respond. He wants us to push into the unknown, to open our eyes and start to see the things that we don't yet see as normal. So I'm going to give you some things. Um, we have to move quickly, but I'm just going to give you some keys to developing your spiritual senses. And I'll keep telling stories as well. I probably won't get through all of these. So the first one 
is to believe that the spiritual realm is your inheritance. The spiritual realm is your inheritance. You know, it's all of our inheritance. When you come into Christ, he doesn't say, well, you need 25 years of practice before you can do this. No, just go out. Any teenagers in here this morning? A few. Be brave. Hands up. I'm not going to pull you out. (laughs) I saw while we were in worship, some of you are going to raise the dead. And and I don't say that lightly, but I know. I just felt God say, you are going to raise the dead. So get ready for that. Start practicing. Our dog just died. Our dog just died last week. It's a great family pet. No, it's not funny. It's, It's sad. But we actually had to ask people to stop praying for our dog because he was old and he needed to go to doggy heaven. But every time he got ill and really ill, somebody would pray for him and he'd get well again. And because we're traveling so much now, actually it was difficult. So we actually had to say to some people that we knew that prayed for our dog all the time, would you please stop praying for him? And don't raise him for the dead when he dies. But you know what? God wants us to do some incredible things. And in this room, you are some incredible people. And get ready for your upgrade. Because God's saying there's, there's ways and, and ways to do things that you've never even comprehended. But when he speaks to you, it's going to happen. Could I just share something? Last night we were just up the road in Dartford and um, two things happened. One is we felt a resistance. And that's always a good thing when we go to a new area because I think, oh, God wants to do something here. And, uh, and my wife was afflicted with some pain and... After a while, I just thought, this is ridiculous. We're not going to have this. We just commanded the pain to go, and it went. So that was the the first thing. The second thing was I had a a dream. And in the dream, I saw lots of of angelic activity. Now, I don't go around, you know, as a fruitcake, but I do know when the Holy Spirit speaks to me. I've had lots of angelic encounters all through my life. The youngest when I was six, lots and lots of times. But I saw in this dream... Every single person in this church, and you're not all here now, and and others that are visiting, but I saw an angel by every single person. And an angel was given a sword to every single person. Now, I don't worship angels, but I don't ignore them either, because the Holy Spirit uses them as messengers. And I saw every person activated in this church with a heavenly sword. And it was like, the question was, what do you want? What do you want this morning? What do you want to see? What breakthroughs do you want to see? What things have you never seen before that you want to see? He's asking. Holy Spirit's asking this morning. There's no restriction on his part. No restriction. And and I... I felt there was some disappointment where people had stepped out and hadn't seen it. But God's saying, push through the disappointment. Don't don't camp around the disappointment. Don't say, well, it didn't work out. Come back and say, on this very spot, I need to take ground. You may have stood and just not given ground, but God's saying, don't just stand. Start pushing through because it's a new day. And there's some new miracles some new testimonies that he, he wants to release.
You know, I just, I'm going to go off the notes for a bit, but, um, (laughs) this is a two and a half hour message, but I promise only to be an hour and a half. I'm joking. So, you know, God wants us to have breakthroughs in our personal realm and our family realm, not just to bless us, although it is and it does, but actually because he's trying to um, school us for what he wants us to do in the nation and nations. See, if we've never had a breakthrough, how are we going to believe for a breakthrough in the nations? So he's got a whole pipeline of breakthroughs for you this morning. And there's no blockage from his end. And I actually see him blowing through the pipe. And they're just coming down one after another like that. I'll just give you a couple of breakthroughs that we personally had in the last few years. Just to encourage you. Your breakthrough may be different, but you know, just take the testimony and say, well, if he can do it for Tim and Sue, he can do it for us. Because we're no more special. We're all special, but we're no more special than you. Well, we had a daughter that had uh, sickness for at least six years, probably eight years when we look back, maybe even longer. And that sickness is anorexia. And uh, nearly twice she died. The doctors prepared us and said she will die because she's too low weight and she's not eating and, you know, she's exercising and all, all this kind of thing. And she went in and out of hospital The longest stint was for 10 months. And they kind of fattened her up and released her. And within months, she'd lost it all again. Because a lot of it's here, not here. And uh, and believe in lies. And so we we knew that God would heal her, but we had to go on a whole journey of hope. And and I'm not going to go there. Maybe Sue will touch it tonight, I don't know. But I'm not going to go there now. But but on our best day... Our prayers were, please don't let her die. Now, she wasn't walking with God. She dropped out of walking with him when she was 14. And she kind of turned her back on church and Holy Spirit. And she'd had encounters with God, but she just went away. She wasn't interested. So at the age of 14, she stopped coming to church. And for six years, she didn't want to know anything. And uh, She'd get a job and then not be able to keep it because of her low weight and, and mind. And, uh, and it was just this intractable journey that we were on. But it was enduring faith. And sometimes we did well, that's Sue and I, believing for her, and other times we didn't. But on our, our kind of best days, it was just hoping that she would not die. Now, when God did her miracle, he did it in a way far beyond anything we could have hoped or dreamt for she was on her own in her bedroom and she had holy spirit encounters this is somebody not walking with god and she knew it was so real after like a day she came down she said mum dad i need some i need to tell you something and we were so gobsmacked because she wouldn't even let us pray with her two years before that Somebody had said to me, go into her bedroom and pray that the Holy Spirit literally vibrates in the bedroom every time she comes in. We never told her that. But when she had her breakthrough, it was in the same bedroom. It was in the same spot where in desperation I would just pray, God, like you, like you hovered over creation, hover over her. You do it. And when he did it, 
he didn't just heal her, and that was a process, but he, he began to change her thinking, which was the beginning of her healing. But she was like a sponge. She wanted to know God in a way that she'd never known before. She'd come down with a Bible and say, I've just been reading this. What does this mean? Thinking, are you the same daughter? You wouldn't even speak to us. And now you're, you're like a sponge for the Holy Spirit. And she subsequently went off to Bethel and did the school there for three years. Came back. Today is living in Bristol. And is a healthy young woman. Studying. And, and God's done an amazing miracle in her life. So if you need healing. And you've had a uh, something. could be a disease. It could be an illness. It could be a friend or a relative. That's been going through something for a long period of time. I want to tell you six to eight years is a long time. To see someone's breakthrough. But God is more than able. More than able. And he will today. Second quick miracle, because I have to be quick, because I'm only on point one. <laughs> Somewhere. I don't know what point one was now, but anyway. Uh, a couple of years ago, Sue and I had a big financial need. We had uh, overstretched ourselves financially with an extension and a few sort of wrong choices or poor choices. And so we had this debt that was mounted every month with interest until it got to, we couldn't service this debt. And we kind of got a bit scared about that. And one day we just sat in the new extension and we held hands and we just prayed, God, we don't know what to do, but we are going to believe you. And for 15 months, month after month, every time that bank statement came, thinking, get behind me, Satan. We ask for forgiveness, that's true. We, you know, God's, God's more interested in us than we think. We didn't beat ourselves up about our poor choices. We repented, we said, look, we need help. And after 15 months, we thought, well, we better get the house valued. Maybe we need to sell the house. So we had three estate agents around. They all valued the house. And, and, and equity-wise, we were all kind of okay if we sold the house. But a little voice inside said, don't sell the house. Uh, no, we don't want to sell the house. We like this house. So off we go. And uh, a miracle took place. In fact, several miracles, six miracles. Six different people gave without any knowledge of any of this because we didn't tell anyone. And we thought, God's our source, not people. But he does use people. And within a four-month period, we had the equivalent of an annual salary which not only wiped out that debt, not only wiped out an overdraft that we weren't even praying for, it was into abundance. In fact, we went to the Maldives. Everybody say Maldives. My wife had always had a dream to go to the Maldives. And that kind of getting pushed back and pushed back and pushed back and pushed back. And God didn't just meet our need of a debt. He went over and above. I said, why don't you have a holiday as well? And here's some savings for the bank. And here's some money to bless other people too. And that reversed a curse in our life. And we've not been in debt since that time. In fact, we've been in abundance. So we've had a healing breakthrough in our family. We've had an amazing turnaround in finances. Just one more very quick thing. 
you know, there's practical things that we have to do in life, like sell houses and get jobs. And years ago, 20 years ago, when we first moved to Harrogate, the city where we uh, led a church for 20 years, um, we had to move from a kind of poorer area, Bradford, into a more wealthier area, Harrogate. Harrogate's like here. It's just stuck in the north. And uh, I'm a southerner, so I can say that. And uh, and so we had to move, and we literally had to triple our mortgage from moving from Bradford to Harrogate. That's kind of the difference in the two two places. And in the natural, that was impossible. Because I'd just done a university course. We had two little girls. Um, Sue was working nights as a nurse. And it was like, this is like crazy. But God said, no, I want you to go to Harrogate, and I will supply your needs. So we waited, and... Within one week, we had three miracles. And I haven't got time to tell you all how that happened, but here's the three miracles in one week. We had had our house on the market for five years. In fact, we were moving somewhere different before we were going to Harrogate. That's how long it was. And this house would not sell. Every time um, we put it on with a different agent, it just didn't sell. And over the five years, we kept reducing it in price until we thought, well, even if we sell it at this, we wouldn't be able to afford to move. And Holy Spirit said one day, take the house off the market. And I'm thinking, well, how's that going to help? But I did. I was obedient. And we took it off. And the following day, somebody knocked on the door and said, are you not selling your house anymore? And I said, yes. And they said, well, the sign's gone. And I said, yes. And they said, we want to buy your house. And I said, where have you been for the last five years? I said, oh no, timing wasn't good, but we want to buy your house now. How much is it? And I thought, have you not looked at the agent for the last five years? Going down, down, down. So she said, no. So the Holy Spirit said to me, put it back up to the original price. So I put it up to the original price, shook hands, and she said, thank you. Done. And she bought our house. In the same week, we were trying to buy another house. Three times the value of what we could afford. In fact, we were maxed out on mortgage and then another 25% outside of what we could do. I haven't got time to go there, but just to say God did a miracle and we got that house and within five years that house had tripled in value and we reduced our mortgage. And then the third miracle was I got a job that I never applied for. And the guy said, I haven't got your CV. And I said, that's because I never sent it to you. And he said, well, how did I contact you? And I said, I don't know, but you phoned me. And at the interview, (laughs) see, it's the 95% that we don't realize that God can do. So he moved on a guy that didn't know me to invite me to an interview. And when I got to the interview, he said, this is the salary. You'll be an agent rather than an employee. And it's in Wakefield. Bearing in mind, I had no other options. I was unemployed. I'd just finished university. I said, well, here's the deal. That salary is is um, 25% too low for me. So he looked at me like, who, who do you think you are? I said, no. I said, that's too low for me. I said, and secondly, I don't like to work as an agent. If I'm going to come and work for you, I want to be on your books. And he said, well, we don't do that. You have to work as an agent for two years. And I said, well, it's not for me then. 
And then I said, thirdly, I don't want to work in Wakefield. I want to work in Harrogate. And he goes, but there isn't a vacancy in Harrogate. And I said, well, I don't know why I'm sat here. So I got up and I walked out to my car and I drove home for an hour. And when I got home, the phone rang and he said, okay, you've got 25% more salary. You're going to be on our books from day one. And we've created a job for you in Harrogate. That was all point one. Believe that your spiritual, the spiritual realm is your inheritance. God's got inheritances for people in here this morning. And uh, you just have to believe. Unbelief will keep you from them. Belief is like, you're moving from unbelief here, no, that can't happen, no, don't you realize all the circumstances, don't you, over to here. Like, God, I don't know how you're going to do it, but I know you will. Boom. And you receive it. It's as simple as that. The, the problem is oftentimes moving from here to here. And we just have to change the way we think. I, I was speaking a few weeks ago in another church, a similar message to this. And the pers- a person came up to me at the end and she said, yeah, I used to believe all that stuff, but I don't now. So I said, well, repent then. She looked. I said, just change the way you think. I wasn't being rude, but I was just saying, actually, whilst you have no hope, God can't deliver it. And if you don't have any hope, ask for some supernatural gift of hope so that you can believe what he's trying to give you. Because he wants to give you your inheritance. He wants to give you the answers to what you're praying for. Number two, speed this up. He wants us to exercise the imagination. Oh, that frightens us as evangelicals. Well, if we can't imagine what he wants to do, we've got nothing for our faith anchor to go out for you see he's it's not imagining selfish things but it's like if we're a canvas that he wants to paint a picture on then we're like a sanctified canvas and when we're like that the great artist comes along and thinks come on let's dream together what do we want to do this building is not big enough you need a bigger building Otherwise, you're going to have 20 services over a weekend. That's tiring. I've done multiple services before. So you need bigger building or maybe more buildings. So start to imagine what they look like. Start to imagine where they are. Start dreaming with the Holy Spirit. Start saying, what's it going to look like? How are you going to provide it? How are you going to do it? Holy Spirit, show me what it is. That's a much better way to start dreaming than to thinking, well, it can never do. Don't you know our income? Don't you know that we're already giving? This church is a giving church, but I'm not giving 20% tithe. And Holy Spirit is saying, there's lots of other ways. Don't you know the community wants to give money to this church? I'll tell you, a church in Mexico, February last year, the local council gave the pastor five billion dollars because he said you are doing transformation better in our city than we are so i'm giving you the budget when the world starts to see what the church does at its full potential they can't wait to give you resources so 
watch out, church. There's going to be a lot more resources coming your way. But start to exercise the imagination. Psalm 4, verse 4, talks about meditation from vision to reality. Psalm 63, 6 says, I remember you on my bed. You know, when you go to sleep, start to dream. Say, Holy Spirit, I give you this time as I go to sleep. And you'll dream. You'll, you'll see all sorts of things because you've given your sleep over to him. And you'll wake up in the morning and what seemed impossible will seem really possible because of what he wants to do in and through you. Number three, be heavenly minded. Heavenly minded. Be so heavenly minded that you're of earthly good. Because if we're not heavenly minded, we're just like everybody else. But when we start to see what heaven wants to do and start to speak it out and encourage one another, it starts to manifest here on earth. Colossians 3, 1 to 2. Seek the things that are above, not the things that are below. Things that are unseen. Number four, waiting. Waiting on the Holy Spirit. Waiting is not inactivity. Waiting is one of the best things that you can do. Waiting in his presence. I know this is a joyful church. I know that you love, because we had a little party down here earlier, didn't we? I thought this is a good church to come to. Waiting in his presence is probably one of the best things that you can do. Because you kind of bypass your mind and all the rest of it. I'm, I'm totally for the mind, by the way. I'm not kiss the mind goodbye but it's a great receiver it's not a great leader and sometimes it tells you things that's not true but actually it needs to follow your heart because your spirit speaks deep to deep and you find yourself doing things before your mind catches up that's a good way round one time we were in a meeting and Holy Spirit said to me I want you to give into this offering and this is the amount I want you to give And I said, well, you'll have to speak to my wife then. Whereupon she tapped me on the shoulder and she said, I think we should give into this offering. It's a special offering. And I said, okay, how much? And she had exactly the same amount. I said, okay. Okay, God, (laughs) you spoke to her. That's my prayer. And we gave. And, you know, you can't ever outgive God because he, he always, it didn't come back immediately, but it came back in so many other different ways. But it's in the waiting that we find out the strategies of God. Up to date testimony. We had some people staying with us last week. And they'd just been out with some friends uh, in America, uh, in Hawaii. Everybody say Hawaii. It's nice. I've, I've been there. It's nice. But anyway, they were in Hawaii. And uh, they were staying with a multimillionaire in business. And uh, he said, tell me about your business. And he said, well, he said, I get all my business strategy from waiting on the Lord. And he said, I just get like scrolls come down. I open these scrolls and they tell me exactly what I need to do. And then I do it and I make another couple of million pounds. And I said, wow, tell me more. And he said, well, he just learned to be obedient. It sounds crazy sometimes, some of the strategies, but he does it. And every year, all of his employees, I think he's got 400 employees, every single year they get a 10% bonus. And as they dream about that 10% bonus, God gives them even more. And then the next year they get another 10%. So these guys are, are well paid. But this guy, he's waiting on the Lord one day, this businessman, he's waiting on the Lord. 
And the Lord says, I want you to get on a plane and I want you to go 8,000 miles to this place and then I want you to hire a car and I want you to drive two hours and when you come to the end of the road, you'll come to a shack. And in the shack is, is a woman that's desperately need of me. So he gets on a plane and he goes... 8,000 miles, he hires a car, he drives two hours, he gets to the end of the road, he's never been to this country, it wasn't this country, but he's never been to this particular country in his life, and he's just doing what the Holy Spirit's shown him. And he gets to the end of the road, and then, sure enough, there's a shack, and he goes and knocks on the door, and no one answers. And he looks through the window, and he can see a room full of men, drug addicts. So he knocks on the door again, and somebody answers the door and says, What? And he says, there's somebody here, there's a girl here that I need to come and rescue. And he goes, there's no girl here. And shuts the door in his face. But he's more aware of heaven, of what he's seen, than what the guy's telling him. So he knocks on the door a third time. And he says, listen. Huh? Well, I think it was the third time by this time. Oh, well, anyway, I'm, I'm cutting the story short. I don't know how many points I've got either, but... Um, so, third time he knocks on the door. The guy opens the door, says, take a look. There's no one in here. There's no girl in here. It's just men. They're all kind of high on drugs. And he walks past the guy and he goes in and he searches every room. And the last room he goes into, there's a girl about to commit suicide with a needle. And he picks her up and he takes her and he drives her two hours. And he finds somewhere where it's like a rehab place for her, a Christian rehab center. And today she's walking with God and she's completely set free. God's got amazing ways. I wonder how many people were in that country that God had spoken to and they hadn't listened to do what he told them to do. Okay. Waiting, that was. Closely associated with waiting is soaking. I'm sure you're a church that know about soaking. Soaking in his presence, that is sensitive to him. Spiritual eyes will adjust things while we're soaking. I like sloking because I like to sleep as well. So, but anyway... (laughs) doesn't matter with God because whether we're asleep or awake, he can speak to us. In fact, John Paul Jackson, many years ago, um, pioneered the whole streams ministry about dreams. And uh, he was working for Mike Bickle at the time. And Mike used to say, uh, John, I want you to go and take a sleep and find out what God's saying. Because every time he went to sleep, he'd have a dream that was significant. And that's how they got their strategy. Anyway, enough on soaking. I don't know what number we're on, but next number. Word meditation. Here's a good one. 2 Peter 1.19. Heed the word, cultivate it, chew over it. Build a strong foundation in our lives by meditating on the word of God. You all know Bill Johnson here. But Bill Johnson typically will receive a word or, or some revelation around a word. And typically will chew on that word for two years before he even mentions it to anybody else. And in the maturing of that word, in the meditation of that word, in the marinating of that word, more revelation comes. That's why every time he speaks, you think, slow down. I just can't, you know, every line's another message. Word meditation. And then I'm just going to read these really quickly. I don't know what time it is, but we need to finish. Do we need to finish? Yeah. Consecration, worship and intimacy, learning to be still, 
praying in tongues, visualizing the gospel parables, gazing upon the Lord, believing that you are seated in heavenly places, and asking. We don't receive because we don't ask. Okay, can we just stand together? Because I I just want to pray for you. We don't need to worry about what God's doing with the person next to us. We just need to receive what he wants to do for us. And if you want a spiritual upgrade today, as good as you're already living in, and I know that this church is spoken about not just across this nation, but across the nations as a church pursuing presence. But Holy Spirit saying there's more. There's always more. And so if that's you right now, I just want you to put your hand on your heart. And the first group I want to pray for is breakthrough. If you need a breakthrough, whatever it is, whether it's in healing or finance or a house move or a new job or whatever it is, maybe I haven't mentioned it. My dad's your dad too. And he doesn't favor me any more than he favors you. So right now, I just want to pray for any of those people that need a breakthrough. Holy Spirit, come right now and be a landing pad on these people for their breakthrough. I pray where there's been disappointment or unbelief, there's a repositioning to once again open their eyes and see what heaven is doing. To receive everything that you have destined for them in this breakthrough. Holy Spirit, come. Do more over and above anything that they've even asked or dreamt of. Not just enough, but more than enough. That we might bring hope to those round about because of the breakthrough. And secondly, I pray for a spiritual upgrade for everybody in this church. That those angels bring those swords to us right now. As messengers from your throne. To wage war, to break through, to cut down that which inhibits. And to bring another whole level of miracles healings, signs, wonders in this church, in this region and for the nations. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Lord. Time has gone. You've been very patient. We'd love to pray with you. If you have time to stay, we'll pray with you. If not, tonight we'll be back praying. Thank you.